Greetings, everyone. Hey, how you doing? It's Matt Stella. Today, we are doing a spoiler talk review for DuckTales Season 3, Episode 14, dubbed The Split Sword of Swanstatine. Joined with me, as always, is my good friend via satellite radio, Marcello, a.k.a. Mark Marcello. Mark, how you doing out there, Mark? I'm so glad you had to say the title of this episode because I can't say it properly without tripping over myself. Thank you, Matt. I don't think I can say the root actual word of that. It's the uh, the name of that guy who's really cool and like, what, Justice League Dark with the trench coat and fighting the supernatural or something? That guy. Oh, see, I was thinking of the world's greatest criminal, Constantine the Frog. Hey, you said it correctly. Give yourself some brownie points. Ooh, brownies. Anywho, folks, you know the drill. Mark and I, we're gonna give our opinion on some more DuckTales goodness. And as always, we definitely want to hear your opinions as well in the comment section below. So make sure to do that. And before we begin, like, share, subscribe, and ring that bell because that's super important that we gotta keep reminding everybody because it's youtube what can you expect and you know all this talk about brownies maybe you know make some brownies you know we could we'd appreciate them i mean if people were making sourdough a few months ago why don't we make something worthwhile oh oh, damn shots fired i say let us talk about this episode the split sword of swanstatine so what was this episode all about well scrooge and the kids travel to instant bird to find a split sword of Swanstantine before Fowl does. However, Scrooge finds himself cane to sword with the black herring and tells the kids to search for the three missing pieces around the town. Dewey and Webby race Gandra to find the hilt, while Louie and Violet must win a spice-off against Rocker Duck in order to claim the sword guard. And lastly, Huey and Lena must claim the blade before Steelbeak nabs it. But in a quick, indecisive moment, they pull off the mind palace time stone shenanigans giving Huey time to figure out how to get out of that situation with the sword in hand. And that is generally the synopsis of this episode. Mark, what were some of your favorite moments from this episode? What worked for you? What didn't work for you? Well, overall, Matt, it's hard for me to say what worked for me because everything on a technical level I think worked well enough. It's kind of going to seem a little nitpicky for me, but I feel like, and we talked about this off camera, like this was an okay episode, especially after the last three we had. I think that we're all really firing on full steam, especially when it came to just the adventure aspect of it. You know, not even counting the fact that the Darkwing Duck episode was a two-parter and Darkwing Duck. And speaking of two-parter, if I may, I know I'm a bit all over the place, but I feel this episode could have and should have been a two-parter because there was just we talked about a and b plot this felt like there was a b c and d all leading to the same goal very much connected but like each it just didn't feel like there was enough room for everything to breathe in your standard 22 minute episode and i don't know it just all came across as a bit half-baked there were some funny moments uh maybe especially with the spice cook-off because that looked a little uh it certainly looked like uh spice if you know what i mean but uh then for at the end of the day it all just to not have really been about the sword i don't i'm not really sure about this one i feel like this one was an okay episode and you know really out of all the episodes of season three probably not my favorite i concur on many of those aspects there i think of all the episodes that we've seen since the last few This one is probably definitely my least favorite, but I still enjoyed the ideas behind it. But you're absolutely right. The A, B, C, and D plot 
It just felt like a lot to kind of squeeze into this 23 minute long episode where I feel like part one could have been like a plot and B plot, like just following the pairs of that episode. And then the next one could be the remainder plot of like plot C with the whole like mashup of getting all the pieces together to face off against foul to hold on to that sword. I definitely feel like that could have been a thing. But the fact is that each of these and when I say D plot, you're probably wondering what's the fourth plot. The fourth plot is Black Herring and Scrooge McDuck fighting it out a little bit. I would argue, yes, that is another little plot point, but that one probably had like the least amount because it wasn't terribly important. It was all about getting those pieces of the sword. Now, I liked these fine piece swords ventures, and each one kind of felt like they had their own like little genre or theme to it. Theme, yeah, let's go with theme. That's that's what I mean here. And I think my favorite of the three was with Lena and Huey going into this whole mind palace thing to kind of like figure out how to get out of that situation with Steelbeak. And we learn a little bit more about how Huey, he's always trying to be orderly and calculate the situation, but there is still an emotional part of him that he really likes to try to keep in the recesses of the back of his mind. But because of Lena's history of coming to be, guides Huey into trying to find a balance between those two aspects of himself to be better at situations. And I really appreciated that storyline there the most, probably. I also enjoyed Dewey and Webby's plot to climb the construction site surrounded this building in order to retrieve the hilt. Dewey had so much confidence that no matter what came up, he was able to climb and ascend, practically running on his own other senses that Webby mentioned that needs to be honed without really thinking about it. It was like second nature for him, and I found that hilarious. I did find it a little strange that Webby, as intensively trained she is, has trouble climbing simply because she was blinded. I found that a little bit inconsistent with her training, but whatever. It, it was still a fun contrast they were trying to play with. My least favorite was probably Louis and Violet, even though I kind of liked the German Shepherd guy. I think he was supposed to be called Spice Baron Kristoffs or something. I don't know, but I liked his design. I like his facial expressions, but it just felt like too packed and like just too disjointed a little bit. I don't know. <sighs> I'm rambling on here. I realize that the point I'm trying to get at here is like it had many cool ideas, but such little time to kind of cram it all in. I agree with you, Mark. It should have been split into two parts. But the last bit I'll say about that spice off thing, when those little bowls of spices came out, I actually thought that was something else. And I was like, whoa, are we going in that direction here? This is a kid's show. And as soon as they explained, oh, no, it's just like one little lick of it. It's spices that you would season your food or something. Take too much of it and you're practically breathing fire. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. That's where you're going with this. The spice must flow, Matt. And you must be strong to handle all that spice. And I'll give uh, credit to Violet. I'm actually kind of glad that even though she had to save Louie's butt from consuming all that spice, she was able to drop the act at the very end of that little storyline and take a swig of... All that flaming spice. Yeah, that was that was rough. I feel for her there. And, and to get back to what I was kind of alluding to earlier, Matt, in terms of it, you know, maybe not really all being about the sword. In the end, it seems like it was all just to get a strand of Scrooge's feathers. But you and you brought up an interesting theory since we had sort of been going back and forth on to you know uh, Webby and her story, particularly with Mrs. Beakley and her relationship to Fowl and how her battles with them, or maybe something even more has really shaped this paranoia of hers that she seems to have even more prominently than ever before. You suspect that it might not have been Scrooge's feathers at all that they actually wound up getting. Yeah, I kind of still bank on the whole idea that ever since that Merfolk episode about the truth harp 
saying to Mrs. Beakley that you're not entirely being truthful to Webby. And watching the series throughout, we never really hear the mention of Webby's parents. It's always just been Webby and Mrs. Beakley being quote unquote grandmother. I don't know. I'm still kind of leaning on the fact that Webby might actually be a clone of Mrs. Beakley or some kind of genetically created super soldier of some sort. I don't know. Yes, initially, I thought that feather that Black Herring got was Scrooge's feather. And part of me thought, okay, maybe he has like a genetic lock to something that he has or something like that. And maybe that's what Fowl wanted. But you mentioned off camera that perhaps Bradford at the time probably could have gotten it quite easily through meetings or something. Yeah, yeah. It just seems like Bradford seems like someone who's always got a plan and always a step ahead. So I don't see why he wouldn't have tried to have Scrooge's DNA on file or even just through the company with, you know, the way Scrooge is on things. Like, I I feel like that would, it seems a bit odd that he wouldn't have that already or at least access to it. So um, that was interesting, I, it, which would leave credence to your uh, theory there that it would be Webby's. Yeah. And now the question is, if it is Webby's feather, what would Fowl want with that? And so I don't know, again, it could be like Mrs. Beakley has like that DNA strength of something, or maybe Webby is not a clone of Mrs. Beakley and is actually some kind of product of a super soldier program or experiment. And maybe Fowl wants to harness that and create some kind of army for something. I don't know. It's all speculation at this point right now. I'm just wondering if assuming that Scrooge McDuck is actually the red herring of Black Heron's bounty. I see what you did there. That's clever. I know. It's late and I'm tired. But I'll say this much. The last thing I'll say about this, I will have to check the footage again. And maybe it is just Scrooge McDuck's. Maybe there was like a really close call that Black Herring was able to like barely miss Scrooge and was able to like get a feather in the process. I don't know. Because I don't think we actually saw Black Herring and Webby cross fists or anything like that. So I could be completely wrong. I have no idea. But either way, it's an interesting theory. And who knows? Maybe we'll get more answers on it next week. Oh, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be the new gods on the block. So, you know, you'll be getting those Greek gods coming back as well as everyone's favorite Storkules. Aren't you excited for that, Mark? I'm excited too, because it seems like we're also getting another character. Do you want to know who? I do, but you got to tune in next week to find out who that may be. Ooh, the mystery. Such suspense. Anywho, folks, you heard our opinion, but now we want to hear yours. Let us know in the comment section below, what did you think of this episode of DuckTales Season 3, Episode 14, The Split Sword of Swanstantine? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Share your thoughts. Join the conversation. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, ring that bell to be notified when new videos drop. And if you want to support me directly, consider going to my Patreon or do a one-time donation at my Streamlabs. Links are in the description below. This is Matt Sella. This is Mark. Thanking you all for tuning in. (laughs) 